You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. coaches and welcome to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. You are listening to episode 37 and I'm so excited to share this episode with you today because it features my wonderful friend Nicole S. Turner of Simply Coaching and Teaching and we are going to talk all about virtual coaching and the work that Nicole has been doing at her real live coaching job this fall semester. So Nicole, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's nowhere else I would rather be but here with you. That sounded so sincere. <laughs> it is so sincere. What do you mean? You are my coaching bestie. Yes, and you are mine. We are so lucky to work together for the Coffee and Coaching membership. I encourage anybody who hasn't checked it out to join us there because that is where the coaching stuff happens. Um, but you get a little taste of that today, actually, in our conversation. I wanted to have Nicole on today because Nicole has been doing the real life hard work of coaching at a high school um, the last couple of months. And I wanted to just kind of see how things were doing, going there and, and how she's doing. And so Nicole, how have you felt so far? How are you feeling about the coaching work that you're doing this year, which is virtual? And maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my school at the beginning of the year decided at the last minute, a week before school started, um, they decided to switch us over to um, all virtual. Um, they pushed us back a week um, to start our school year. And then we did an entire week of professional development training for teachers. Um, a lot of it came from the district. So it was kind of new to me as far as the coaching. So I'm taking it in with teachers um, during that time. But then we, I started to kind of differentiate for our particular building um, to kind of help teachers kind of see what it is that we needed to do and um, kind of look at what the blended learning or the, the virtual learning model would have. So mm -hmm. the district, the state actually gave, in Indiana, the state gave guidelines around how many hours that were required for teachers um, and coaches, I mean, for teachers and students to be live, um, to do the synchronous. Yeah. Yes, I keep the, I, you know. I, yeah, I'm getting those two of the words confused. <laughs> um, but to do the synchronous mm -hmm. um, instruction, and mm -hmm. so we made and created a model for that. Um, I worked with my admin team, who um, we have. I, I mean, I cannot complain. They are they are awesome, um, and we kind of all came together and built a schedule for the year for teachers every day for their daily schedule, mm -hmm. uh, for them to get breaks that they needed, planning periods. Um, PLC time, department meeting times, and all of that. So I'm we sure kind of created that. Oh, that was, that was crazy. Um, yeah. But it was put all together. The good part about it is that we had a lot of stuff from earlier in the year, mm -hmm. um, from March and April, that we kind of just transitioned to kind of keep some normalcy mm -hmm. going um, as we started this school year. So that's kind of um, where we are now we just learned that we are going to be transitioning back in person 
They have not, as of today's recording, they have not given us the specifics, but we just know that sometime in, in um, October, mm-hmm. we'll be going back in person. Okay. So I have started to pull together resources to get teachers um, prepared for more of a blended learning in person um, style, but also making sure that we continue to incorporate the virtual components that we have, because this is, this is the crazy part. We've never been a one-to-one district. And so the district spent a few million dollars this summer and purchased a laptop for every single student um, and a little Wi-Fi thing where yeah. you could, yeah, they, they have the, the, the Wi-Fi uh, little box or whatever that they take to their home to work on the computer. So now our teachers are needing that support in, okay, I kind of got virtual learning going, but now we got to transition to to like in school, mm-hmm. but how do I keep using mm-hmm. the procedures and the things that I've already put in place to yeah. make the, the transition kind of seamless? Um, and so that's what I've been working on with teachers now. Virtual coding is, it, coaching is challenging. It is not um, for the week or the <laughs> that at all. Um, there are days that it's gonna be rough, it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be challenging, but um, I see progress. Mm-hmm. I definitely see growth and progress in teachers. I see a lot more team building. I see a lot more working together and mm-hmm. having each other's back. Um, I, I see all of that more than I've ever seen when we were in person all the time. Really? I think what does a that lot look of, like? What does it look like that you're seeing teachers actually support each other better? So, you know, you would have PLC, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, teachers would kind of share what it is they're doing and, you know, little stuff like that. But now it's like, hey, I have this. Let me share it with you. Hey, this is what I did. And this is the program I did. And let me share my screen and show you how to do it. Yeah. And then they're having sidebar conversations with each other during their other times or um, that they're teaching each other how to use different programs and how to help each other with different resources. Um, that did not happen before. Really? Yeah. I think people like they're just... All- they're all in the same boat now. They're all struggling. So they're like, exactly. I need your help. So you need my help. Like <laughs> we can help each other. Exactly. Or if it wasn't that much of a challenge, if they had been doing that job for a while, especially in secondary, I feel like you can get kind of comfortable. Yeah. Um, so it's easier to just be like, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I don't really need to hear from anybody else. I'm not worried about that. But now it's like, oh, this is way too much for any one person to do on their own. Yep. And I think they all feel like they're in the boat and the water is coming Mm -hmm. up and somebody has to, they have to work as a team to make that plug, you know, um, to plug it up so that they don't drown. And so that's what they're doing with each other. And I've just never seen anything like it. Um, I met with some other coaches across the district in like elementary as well. And they're saying they seem the exact same thing that Mm -hmm. they've never seen their teachers do and and perform and come together and no Mm -hmm. bickering I mean you know you've been in team meetings where you see Mm -hmm. people fighting and and having just all this bickering and you're like why yeah Yeah. and like now I don't have any of those issues now when we transition back I don't know if we're gonna you know have those issues again once we're in person Mm -hmm. 
But um, that is definitely the trend that I'm seeing across our district is that teachers are just super helping each other and coming together to support one another. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So yeah, it's that's something you really, I'm sure you're thinking about how do I bridge this whenever we move back in person? How do I capitalize on this and kind of keep that in place? Um, because that's something that they've, I'm sure they've grown a lot through that work and you want to make sure that they continue to share and they continue to support each other when you're working in person. Right, exactly. I think that um, I've just been kind of thinking of a lot of uh, team building activities um, that we could do virtually. When we go back and transition, I do not plan on hosting in-person professional development. Mm -hmm. So POCs and everything will continue to be online the way that I've been doing it from my office. Um, I think I just will have more resources. I'll have more time. I'll have things that I can create and take pictures of. And, you know, I have more room and space and different things like that, that I'll be able to share um, with teachers. And if someone is requesting something, then I can get it to them because we're in the same building. I'm not emailing, different things like that. Um, So I think that it's going to be a win-win. And I'm surely excited to continue the work that we've been doing so far. Yeah, that's great. What are some of the team builders that you're thinking about? Or have you started figuring that out yet? Um, that's when I'll call you, <laughs> talk to you about those. <laughs> I've been thinking about them. I ain't say I've been putting them in place yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just curious. If you have any <laughs> no, I have no idea. But I've been thinking about what are some of the ones that I could do, you know, trying mm-hmm. to Google and figure it out. And your eyes probably going to tap into some of my Chrissy um <laughs> talk to Chrissy's brain a little bit and try to get some of her cute ideas yeah. um, out there. That would if be you fun. guys haven't purchased that, that's the bomb. The have you have or have you haven't? But would or, you rather? Yeah. Would you rather? <laughs> yeah. That's the team building one I'm sure they're going to do. It's but really you guys better get that. So Chrissy, you better link to that in the show notes. I will. Let me make a note of that. Yeah, the, the would you rather questions, I do have them for students, but I also have them for coaches to use with teachers. And, um, and those are pretty fun because it's all about teacher stuff and about, you know, other stuff that adults can relate to. So that's a fun, I have fun using it and I may use it this week in PLC. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. It's a nice thing for PLC because you can just do a couple. You don't have to do a lot. So it doesn't take a lot of time. Um, I used to have a principal who always wanted to do team builders at the beginning of things. And then they would take like 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you're like, Oh, you're killing all my time. Right. (laughs) Should be like, make sure, just leave me 10 minutes for a team builder. 30 minutes later, <laughs> still waiting. <laughs> Absolutely. We but still get think, those. Yes. <laughs> I do think your point about um, building teams is so important and building relationships with individual teachers, I think has been a special challenge for coaches this year too, um, especially teachers that are new to their campus. And also like working on those relationships that maybe, I mean, you had a relationship with a person, but it wasn't so great. So you have to kind of keep, you're always making an effort to try to change that, the trajectory of that relationship. So what are some of the things that you've done or how has building relationships looked virtually for you this year? Well, this year, um, which is crazy abnormal, we only had six new teachers and that's because we got a growth in, we had one teacher leave. Then we had a couple of vacancies last year that we filled. So we only got six new teachers in our building. They're not new to teaching except one, and she's an ESL teacher, but there is an ESL coach 
mm-hmm. um, that kind of works with her mm-hmm. mostly. Um, and so that leaves me with five teachers and all of those teachers are actual seasoned teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just moved from building to building due to numbers in the district. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to build that relationship with them has definitely looked different. I did do my um, coffee with coach, um, oh, did the signups and got them all ready to go. So I did get mm-hmm. to my individual conversations. And that's just how I start off every year, even with the, the teachers that I have relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just like to do that. And that has just been my thing. So anyone who knows me knows that that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, normally it's cupcakes, but unfortunately right. we won't be doing cupcakes. We're doing coffee and tea and water and whatever else you want to mm-hmm. bring to the, to the table. Um, so really I have just been more or less supporting them, reaching out, sending an email. Hey, just want to check on you, make sure, you know, you have everything you need. And they have been very good at reaching out to me as well Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, Nicole, I need this. I need access to that. And so on. Um, so it has really been a, a really good situation. I haven't had any issues, um, so far they're learning me. Um, but then I also have to say, you know, the beginning of the year, unfortunately, you know, I had to have surgery. So I kind of was in and out and I took a few weeks off. So minus that we're like seven weeks in Mm -hmm. and I've been gone for like maybe three and a half ish Mm -hmm. of them. (laughs) Um, so I'm working on the building of the relationships, but those teachers who I have, um, had relationships with and I coached them previously, we have just been doing what we normally do. And um, I think I was telling you right before we jumped on, I had a teacher about 25 minutes. I just listened in the car and it was after hours. It was after work. Mm -hmm. um, And she just called and was like, Nicole. Oh, and she just went on. And so I just listened and I gave her advice of just saying, you know, one thing is, is that we're grateful um, that we had a district that really wanted to protect us. Um, and even though it's challenging, but I told her just like how we tell the kids that when there is a struggle, mm-hmm. then there's learning happening. Mm-hmm. And so you have to keep that in your mind that as you're struggling through all of these platforms and you're struggling right. through your planning and you're struggling through trying to figure out, you're also growing as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and 10 years from now or five years from now, you'll look back at this and say, Girl, don't you know, remember when we did? Mm-hmm. And don't you know how? And yeah, girl, just implement that into your room. You know, yeah. I think this also is going to change the education forever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to see um, ideas of, of what's happening with standardized testing, pre-testing, post-testing, how we use data and what is necessary and what isn't necessary for teachers and uh, for students to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at different models that we probably would have never looked at. We've always talked about blended learning since, you know, the early 2000s. Right. Um, when the computers and everything came, you know, really good. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of models came into place in like 2012, 2013, flip classroom, blended yeah. learning, like all of those things happened. And we heard about them and we talked about it and some people implemented it and some people didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but just going forward, you know, we're looking at new ways to do what we've always did. Mm-hmm. And so that means that we're all growing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's one of the good takeaways that I take away from um, the challenges that we have and the things that I say to coaches mm-hmm. um, and the things I say to teachers 
and coaches when mm-hmm. I talk with them is that this is definitely a challenging time, but it's also a time of growth. Yes. That's such a good point. I mean, I know there were teachers that I've worked with that avoided technology at all costs, even though we were, you know, we had one-to-one in the upper elementary and, and we, you know, were trying to integrate technology tools into our teaching in a meaningful way, but teachers were just kind of using them to check off the box to say that they use them. But now they have to use technology tools in a meaningful way if they're going to teach at all. So that's a huge plus that has come out of this. A lot of teachers who wouldn't even move beyond, you know, word processing documents with their kids and choosing fonts are having to do all kinds of amazing things now just because of necessity. So hopefully we will see that impact their teaching over time and that using technology as a, as a tool and not just to put kids on for assessments and stuff is going to be, you know, more of a standard practice and something that teachers are more comfortable with. Yep. I think that using it as a tool thing is truly important because I remember being in a classroom and I will definitely admit this about, six or seven, maybe, ooh, maybe a little longer than that, about eight <laughs> or nine, maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I remember when we had IXL and one of my um, teachers that was on my team, she had wrote a grant and got us all IXL. And you know what? I used to say, oh, that's just going to be a time where they could just be quiet and I could put them on a computer mm-hmm. so they could just be quiet. Yeah. I did not take it as oh, this is something that they can actually learn. Like it was like, right. okay, recess is over. We're going to take a while and I'm going to take you to IXL to the lab and y'all just going to sit there for an hour. <laughs> oh my you know God. <laughs> it was, I mean, I did it. I, I will admit I did. I was a very young teacher, you know, and right. I did it. I, yeah. It was a classroom management tool. They were on the computer. Mm-hmm. They were completing their assignments. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to do a whole lot of planning mm-hmm. and I felt like they were learning, mm-hmm. at least some of it. Um, so I think that that was a big, um, thing that now teachers are, like you said, see them as tools and ways to really use them and to monitor their learning Mm -hmm. um, and to put that in place. Yes. Yeah. What what you're just saying is something that I have seen a lot in classrooms. We, um, a few years ago, the state of Texas changed the state assessment from the tax to the star. I mean, longer than a few years ago. (laughs) Like you're saying, it's probably more like eight years ago. Um, but around that time, the, the passing standard, kids were just really struggling with this new assessment. And so they purchased this program for schools across Texas. That was their way of saying, we're helping you transition mm-hmm. to this new, more challenging assessment. They gave everybody access to this program. It's called iStation. And it's not the worst and it's not the best, but it's just a program. It's a program like any other program. And teachers would park kids on iStation. You got to get your minutes, sit there and get your minutes. And iStation was isolated and the kids were not transferring learning from that computer program to any other setting. They were not, you know, able to apply their learning. Like you, you know how, how kids compartmentalize and adults compartmentalized learning. So that's what I was seeing is kids would park themselves on this program for 30 minutes because they were supposed to get 30 minutes a a week or 60 minutes a week, however much their, their own tier said that they needed. And it didn't really make a huge impact necessarily because it's, it's a program and it's in isolation and it's not embedded into the real learning that they're doing in the classroom. It's not related. So yeah, I think that's a really good point is that that meaningful component is Teachers are seeing technology hopefully in a different way because they have to use it meaningfully. And it's not just about parking the kids in front of a magic school bus video for 45 minutes. (laughs) Exactly. But you know what, Chrissy, to your point, Mm -hmm. 
I think that instructional coaches' mindsets are changing as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there always been tech coaches, right? Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But how about, I, I kind of, kind of feel like right now it's the instructional coach meets this tech coach mm-hmm. kind of world. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of instructional coaches are less, and, and I'm sure people who, who have contacted you have contacted me and they say, oh my goodness, I'm most of my time right now, I'm helping to troubleshoot some technology right. or right. I'm helping kids get logged on or mm-hmm. I'm doing, you know, all of this technology pieces, even if they're in person. Mm-hmm. And so I think now we as instructional coaches are now trying to see how we can incorporate technology yeah. tools into our um, everyday coaching life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we may not be able to meet with you face to face and touch you, mm-hmm. but we can surely have a coaching conversation over a Zoom call or mm-hmm. over a Google Meet and mm-hmm. still become effective. Mm-hmm. We talked about our all of the, our time being taken and we walking up and down the hallway and we're doing all those types of crazy things and we're getting pulled left and right. But now you can put time in your schedule to say, I'm going to coach some teachers and I'm going to do it virtually in my room. um, And I'm going to use some of the virtual tools that I have to track my coaching and to, um, you know, work with teachers and to get them the things that they need. Um, so I think that instructional coaches are kind of moving towards that, um, utilizing the tools like you shared in, in coffee and coaching, um, those tech tools that were awesome. Um, and I think those are some things like Candly and the, the other tool that you had. Yeah. 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 All of those tools I think are good and it's helping us to see how we can efficiently do our jobs better than, you know, it was before. Mm -hmm. So I think that is some great stuff. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's true. Because whenever I was a coach at first, the line between technology coach or technology coordinator is what we call them. And an instructional coach was very clear. And so we would talk like they would get support from the technology coach. And then I'd say, how can we integrate what you're learning into our lessons? But if the teachers didn't know how to transfer it, I hadn't been privy to what they were taught. So I didn't know what tools they were being, were being shared with them. And the technology coach didn't really know what the, the curriculum and content looked like at that point. So it wasn't really a blend, right? So now, yes, instructional coaches are becoming more versed in tools, using them with teachers as well as for themselves. We can start to kind of walk the walk a little bit more and Absolutely. do some of that virtual PD. And teachers can become familiar with those tools on the other end of them. Using Flipgrid for a virtual book study, teachers get to participate as students. And so they kind of see what it feels like to go through that process so then they can turn it around with their kids. So Absolutely. yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, so what are some of those tools that have been helpful to you this, this year? Think, you know, technology tools that you've been spending most of your time on. Um, so the biggest thing is that my district is forcing us to use <laughs> Microsoft Teams. I mean, I guess that's what they purchased. They purchased the whole Outlook thing years okay. ago, like years ago, oh. and we never used Microsoft Teams. However, I my opinion of that is that Microsoft Teams is really built more for a business world and not for an educational setting. Um, and so there are some challenges with that. Um, as far as like the share your screen and, you know, working out, um, you know, maybe using a dot cam, like it's not as, as great of a tool as something like Google meet or zoom or something like that for that type of, 
thing. I have learned Schoology this year more than I've ever used it before. (laughs) So I created, what I did was I created an actual classroom for teachers that I host and run. So mm-hmm. they uh, every week we have discussion questions, we have videos, we have all of that stuff that we discuss in PLC. Mm-hmm. And so that is one of the biggest things that I've learned with Schoology. And Amy Alvis, um, she is my tech coach, my district tech coach um, here in Indianapolis. And she has a YouTube channel um, that she breaks down everything for Schoology for free. I was so happy. Like I messaged her and was like, Amy, okay, for real. Like I'm stressed (laughs) out. And she was like, I have a YouTube channel and sent me there. I didn't bother her the rest of the day. Um, I got a lot of, (laughs) um, I got a lot of training from that around what Schoology is. So I was able to utilize that um, as a resource. I have used Candidly. Um, That has been a really good tech coach. tech tool that I've used um, to set up appointments. Yes, Mm -hmm. the calendar tool. Yeah. um, So that people could schedule with me to work with that. Um, Google Forms has been one. And I I know during Coffee and Coaching, we got the idea to do, to talk about the QR codes for that. And so today I actually sent out the QR code for my teachers. So when we go back in person, I'm going to take the QR code and I am going to put it on the back of my ID. Mm-hmm. So if I'm walking up and down the hallway um, and teachers can just scan it um, really about the QR code and the, the scanning processes, it's a way for me to clear out my email. So today I had about six different requests <laughs> yeah. directly from the QR code. I just um, sent them oh, in a code and, and a link. And they were and they just put it in the there. Google form, the Google form to request yep. support. Yeah. Yep. And so they did the request the support um, right there in there. And I have a blog post that we can link back to that talks about the QR codes. Um, Perfect. About it. So that's one of the things that I am utilizing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Loom is big for me this school year because I'm doing the Flip PD model. Mm-hmm. which you all can join us um, <laughs> in Coffee and Coaching to learn more about the Flip PD model. But yeah. I'm utilizing the Flip PD model this year. So I'm doing a lot of recording beforehand. I'm finding a lot of resources and videos, YouTube, things that I've already did. But I like to have the teachers to watch these videos prior to. So they're doing the videos, they're doing the discussions within the Schoology classroom. And then when mm-hmm. we get to our PLC, we are um, really digging deep into how we're implementing them, mm-hmm. um, the implementing the task, and then we're getting clarification. So it's not me spending an entire 45 minutes presenting the information mm-hmm. and then they not digesting it. This, right. they've digested the information before they get to me. And so mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, so how are we going to implement it? And we start mm-hmm. creating plans and then they come back the next week and say, okay, this is how I did it. This is what I did already. Um, and then we start to give feedback for each other. One thing that has, um, during my virtual PLCs that has been pretty cool is that we do hot seats. Um, mm-hmm. And hot seats is kind of where a teacher brings a problem that they're struggling okay. with um, based on whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, so last week we were talking about the three parts of engagement um, and then how they can um, 
look at their lessons and really dig deep into trying to get the students more cognitively engaged. Okay. They struggle with behavioral engagement only because it's virtual and they can't see the students because we don't require oh, students yeah. to have the video up. Right. So right. they're struggling with the behavioral, but they do a lot of chats. And so um, one thing is that we had a tool that did the little spin around where they added all the kids' names. Oh, yes. I'm not for sure exactly what it is, but they, and it pulled whatever name it was. Mm -hmm. And then the students um, would, were called on to answer right. questions and different yeah. stuff like that. You can so that that's classroom screen has that available as okay. part of the, of the tool. And you might have used a different one, but that one's free. Um, you share your screen and it'll, you can type in the students' names and it'll randomly select student names to respond. Yeah, so we kind of did that looking more towards behavioral. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of talked about cognitive. And one of our teachers really talked about how she was feeling that she was not getting the students cognitively engaged virtually. And so that was the hot seat question. So like one okay. person brought a problem and then everybody like joined in and gave her feedback and how to do it and what could you do next. And I then that. I was able to provide resources and so that was a really, really high engagement strategy that I utilized in um, PLC. I love that hot seat idea. That is a great idea because it's, it's about, you know, problem solving, but giving it a special name and, you know, it kind of seems special and important. That's one of the great things that you could do with PLC is to problem solve together collaboratively. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. So those are kind of the, the tech tools that we have and kind of the things that I have set up so far. Um, Again, you know, it's only September and things <laughs> yes. can change right. tomorrow. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, well, speaking of that, like it is September right now. This episode's coming out in early October. When do you think you might move into more formal coaching cycles or have you initiated any of that work yet? So, no, I have not initiated that work yet. I've tried to um, allow teachers this first quarter Mm -hmm. to be more support mm -hmm. for me to be more of a supporting person to me to help them to kind of transition. We have new curriculum. Mm -hmm. We have all online learning. Yes. We have new platforms to learn. We have, we are in our second year transition of visible learning. Um, so a lot of that is going on. Yeah. Right. And so where I know that there are some needs, what I've been doing is just popping in and doing observations. Mm -hmm. And a lot of observations have been um, done and I've just been taking notes, okay. kind of just that way. Mm -hmm. So if we have a hot seat person or we have something like that, I may go into their room and go into their virtual room during a, a session that they kind of talked about, mm -hmm. just so I can kind of observe what they were saying and then I can kind of give some feedback that way. Mm -hmm. But it hasn't been a full cycle where I, you know, right. do the full um, three cycle process. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I'm going to start more once we go back in October. Mm -hmm. um, by the time we get to second quarter, it'll be time to really yeah. um, ramp up everything. I think everyone will be kind of settled. And of course, I would have been, you know, back to myself and healed. Um, mm -hmm. And so then things will be ready to roll. That sounds perfect. And it'll be a good time to start working through those blended learning practices that you want to work through as a campus. So that's a perfect Absolutely. place. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, is there any lesson that you've learned or any reflection that you have about this uh, new approach to coaching that you've been doing this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the lessons I've learned, of course, 
be flexible, the same things that we've always did, be flexible, be supportive. Um, a whole other level, I think, the flexible thing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it definitely that. Um, as far as just pace, consistency, patience, mm-hmm. um, those are two things that, that have it. There will be people who will be frustrated, who will get mad, who will be upset. Um, but that's normal. Like that's yeah. normal when coaches bring about change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a change agent. Um, and so, you know, we have to know that things are not going to change overnight. And now they're just bricks and bricks and bricks piled on top of what we're already trying to change. Mm-hmm. And so just make sure that you have the consistency, you have the courage um, to speak up and speak out. Um, and then, you know, you just have the patience to deal with it all. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. A lot of probably some self-care, a lot of, a lot of um, taking care of yourself. You talked earlier about how you're drinking lots of water. And <laughs> yes, I am. I am trying to get my poor little self back to, to normal because this has been crazy. Um, I just think it is, it's a lot piled in mm-hmm. on a person. Um, and so, yeah, definitely some self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I talk about and when we talk about self-care, I want people to know that just taking 10 minutes of breathing time, because, you know, people will be like, oh, my God, I have to pay money to go to a spa. Like, I have yeah. to go get my feet nails done. Like, I don't do that. Or, you know, but people don't understand just going to sit on the porch mm-hmm. yeah, with no electronics. I try now on my lunch hours, I have about a 35 minute lunch every day. Mm-hmm. And I get up from my computer and I go sit on the porch. Mm-hmm. And I literally have my lunch on a porch. Mm-hmm. I drink my water. I drink my, I eat my salad or whatever it is, leftovers from, you know, the night before, whatever that is, I am, and I move myself away. And sometimes I don't even take my phone mm-hmm. because I'm so connected to everything. And I want to kind of disconnect. And that's free, mm-hmm. guys. So <laughs> when we think about self-care, we don't just think about like, I need to go get my hair done or mm-hmm. I need to go, you know, because a lot of people say that. Right. But just drinking eight glasses of water that day is self-care. Mm-hmm. Walking around your neighborhood is self-care. Yeah. Um, yes. When I was in a building, I used to be intentional about going to eat in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, I would bring my lunch, warm it up, and then just go eat in the car. And it was just different because I needed a change of scenery and I needed that peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I was forcing myself because, you know, we don't get lunch hours all the time. Right. But when we did, I would force myself to do that. Mm -hmm. So just people just need to understand that self-care doesn't cost. It just means taking some time Mm -hmm. to debrief, to disconnect, and to spend that moment with self. Yes, that's very good advice. So before you go, wonderful coach listeners, I want to share with you something that Nicole and I do um, together. It's the Coffee and Coaching Membership And um, it's the place to go to learn about virtual and blended coaching, because this is a whole new challenge for so many instructional coaches right now. Coaches are having having to figure out how to build relationships, provide professional development, and implement coaching cycles and strategies online. And for the most part, they don't have the help that they need. Nobody's telling you 
how to do any of this. <laughs> They're just asking you to do it. <laughs> so the best place to go to learn about virtual coaching is the Coffee and Coaching membership. I co-host this membership with my wonderful friend, Nicole, of Simply Coaching and Teaching. And as a membership member of this coaching membership site, you have access to a bank of PD2Go videos where you can learn about virtual coaching, coaching foundations, coaching strategies, and more. There's an exclusive Facebook group, monthly live sessions on the topics you'd like to learn more about, live Q&A sessions with Nicole and myself, and so many downloadable tools, including the virtual coaching startup kit that will help you get started coaching without having to create everything from scratch and figure it all out yourself. So you can join the membership at coffeeandcoachingmembership.com today. I promise you won't regret it. You're going to get the support and answers that you need to coach, whether you're coaching virtually or in person. Right, Nicole? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. The coffee and coaching membership has helped me um, just even, even though I work with you, Chrissy, I mean, I learned so much from you and I also learned so much from the coaches that are actually yeah. in the membership. Um, a lot of their posts and a lot of things, the questions that they ask is just so wonderful and it helps us all build a community together and kind of move forward in, in these crazy times. So I am so happy to be a part of um, coffee and coaching membership. Yeah, so am I. And I hope that you will too, wonderful listener, because we are waiting for you. We've got a community made just for you that will help get your questions answered and will help you feel like you are part of a team instead of doing all of this on your own. Um, but that's the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here and sharing about your coaching work. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. And until next week, coaches, um, happy coaching. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Crystal Cherisani of uh, The Sparkly Notebook, and she is sharing about how to develop curriculum collaboratively with teachers. So you're going to want to listen into that one. Oh, yeah. You're going to definitely want to listen to that one. I love Crystal. Yes. Yeah, she's great. All right. Happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.